Welcome back. Uh, I'm Bob, joined with Todd, and this is another episode of the Pastors Podcast. We're coming to you from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, we are at Maranatha Bible Church, uh, and we are continuing our series today uh, called Family Matters. But today, almost done with this series. We are almost done with this series. Two we have more. This, this one, one and one more. And one more. Yeah. So we have two more. Wrapping it up. We're wrapping it up. Next one, we'll talk about schooling options and how a family can navigate those waters. I mm. uh, hope to uh, ruffle everybody's feathers. I think that's fair enough <laughs> well, to say. It's, um, uh, it's not done well if it doesn't ruffle everyone's feathers, that's right? right. Uh, so, But we want to talk about something that uh, I think is rarely talked about in churches and uh, maybe has fallen by the wayside because of uh, some cultural ideas. Mm. Uh, we want to talk about grandparents. Mm. Um Elders in the age-wise, specifically grandparents, out of that kind of subset of, uh, we'll just say old people. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, so we want to talk about that. We want to talk about uh, what's the biblical view of grandparents. We want to talk about um, what are the responsibilities that grandparents have. And uh, and then what happens when uh, we don't, the grandparents kind of fail in those areas that the Bible has um kind of giving them command to do. Why do you think that this is not a topic that's talked much about? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I've thought about that. And I do I do think partly because our culture just puts such a, a negative uh, outlook on what we would say old people are, and we want the youth and we want this energy. And so that has unfortunately come into the church. <clears throat> and so it's two-sided, right? So the church is saying, you know, we want young people, we want young this, we want young that. So not only are they neglecting the older generation, but then the older generation says, well, hey, if you don't want anything to do with us, I'm out. Yeah. Right. So what, it ends, what ends up happening is they get marginalized. Right. They get pushed to the extremities or the exterior or the outer edges of church life and culture and society, and which is really sad because... It is really sad. You take the people that have the most life experience... Hmm that have the most wisdom, that in many cases have the most to offer in terms of time time and uh, abilities to uh, help other people understand, um, particularly the things of the Lord, and you put them on the sidelines. Right. And that is sad. It is sad. So I think this is a good topic, and I think it's something that we need to come back to and we need to talk about as a church, that what, what role do grandparents have in the life of a church and the life of their kids and grandkids and it, as we're going to show, they actually have a really important role to play. Yeah, they do. And I think I think of our own church here and uh, the many grandparents that attend, but then also the grandparents with their kids and with their grandkids are attending here as well. And so you can see a bit of that, you know, three generation, multi-generational families who are actually here attending as well. And so that benefit, we actually get to see, you know, firsthand right here in our own church. So, yeah, um, so yeah let's jump in. And talk about, first of all, uh, what does the Bible say about grandparents? So I think a grandparent has to start out with saying, I want to have a biblical view of being a grandparent. Uh, and so Proverbs seventeen six says, grandchildren are the crown of old men and the glory of sons is their father. So let's talk about that first part. Grandchildren are the crown of old men, right? <laughs> so when we say old men, we're not speaking of necessarily age-wise because we know we live longer perhaps than what they did, you know, a few thousand years ago. But at the same time, what we're, we're talking specifically grandchildren to that old man. And the Proverbs is giving us a wisdom that they're a crown to them. What does that mean that they're a crown? 
Well, I think it's talking about the fact that, um, you know, when a, a parent has faithfully parented and those parents have faithfully parented their kids, so the, uh, there's a legacy of godliness mm. that exists be, from grandparent to uh, their child and then to their grandchildren, and that is a rich heritage to have. Yeah. And to be able to look in the latter days of your life and to see the fruit of your labors mm. in terms of what you did in parenting your children and now what they're doing in parenting their children. And now you get to have a relationship two generations later with kind of the byproduct of your life. What mm -hmm. a rich, rich privilege. And so I think that's what it means when he says grandchildren are the crown of old men, that uh, you have the privilege of seeing how God has blessed your life in giving you them and your privilege of being able to pour into them. Yeah, so I think that's the first thing that, <clears throat> the first question that comes to mind is as a grandparent, do you see your grandchildren as a crown, right? Because how you view your grandkids as a grandparent is then going to direct how you uh, talk to them, how you interact with them. I know growing up, you know, our my parents' parents, it was, you know, you don't sit on the Davenport, right? <laughs> like you just go and you're quiet. Children are yeah. to be to be seen See, and not heard yeah. and all of that. And so we really weren't a crown to them, you know, and so, but you see other families where they're interacting and the grandparents are always doing something with the grandkids and they're, they're, you know, hanging out with them and they're mm -hmm. teaching them. And so you can see just from the actions, the viewpoint that that grandparent has. Yeah, it's good. And it's very important that really they good. look at them as a crown. And I do like this little saying, I, I copied grandchildren are God's reward for not killing your own children when they're teenagers. So <laughs> I thought that was very good. So... <clears throat> Yeah, it's like so congratulations, true. you made it from thirteen to nineteen. <laughs> now you get to have grandkids. So, right? Um, but yeah, so that relationship we have to realize is a really, really good relationship. Um, and uh, you know, grandparents are there. Uh, if you're looking at your grandkids as a crown, that crown you're going to want to take care of, mm. and so you're going to want to pour into them. And so, just having that proper viewpoint of who they are is then going to motivate our actions towards. Yeah, them. and and there's a couple. Um, maybe mentalities or ways of thinking about being a grandparent that probably need to be uh, challenged a little bit. So I think sometimes, mostly in the secular world, but sometimes there's this mentality that, that grandparents are, are ba basically just free babysitters. Right. Right? That, though they are. Oh, though they are. <laughs> hint, hint, hint. hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> that, that really all, all they're able to do is because they got so much time that we just need them right. to babysit our kids. And that is really a, a fallacy. That is not at all true. And, right. and another example of that would be grandparents, uh, they, they're just there to kind of spoil your kids, hmm. you know. And so you get your cookies and your cake and your sweets <clears> at grandma's <throat> house. And they're the ones that kind of show up every once in a while and they bring presents. And and so this whole idea that, that they're just there to spoil your kids is also, I think, a deficient view, right? you know, of, of being a grandparent. So they're not just babysitters and they're not just spoilers of your kids. They are so much more than that. And there's a couple of passages that maybe be good to talk about here. Mm. Uh, let me just highlight a few. Maybe you have a couple other ones that you want to add. Deuteronomy 4, verse 9, only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. And then Moses says this. He says, teach them to your children and 
to their children after them.、Mm. It's interesting. Moses tells the Israelites in the Old Testament they have a two generational responsibility.、Mm. You have to teach your children, but you also have to teach your children's children. So there's a mandate there, and then you come to the Psalm, Psalm 71, verses 17 and 18. Oh God, you have taught me from my youth, and I still declare your wondrous deeds.、Mm. And even when I am old and gray, oh God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation and your power to all who are to come.、Mm. Psalmist is saying. <clears throat> Lord, give me length of years and longevity of life, so that I can tell the next generation about you. That that's getting to the core of what it means to be、right. a grandparent. And then one other passage, Psalm seventy-eight verses five and six says, "God has established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers that they should teach them to their children, that the generation to come." Might know even the children yet to be born that they may arise、mm. and tell them to their children. You actually have four generations listed there: the、uh, the 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 fathers of the nation of Israel. They're to teach their children. They're then to teach the children that are not yet born, so that they can someday、uh, arise and tell them to the, their children. So when you start to put all these passages together,、mm. you start to see a biblical pattern here. That's right. That at the core of being a grandparent is not just giving your grandkids cookies. It's though very important. Although very important, right? We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, right. Is passing that baton of godliness and holiness、right. and a life that, as it says in Psalm seventy-eight, that they would be taught to put their confidence in God. That's what it means to be a grandparent. That is faithful to the Lord. Is at the core of who you are. When it comes to your grandchildren, you get to teach them to put their confidence in God. So that's a huge order. Huge. Because not only now are you as a parent taking care of your kids, but you as a grandparent are making sure that your kids' kids are taken care of as well. And so that's where, you know, when your priorities are off as a grandparent. <clears throat> You can you can start to see your own life and your own thing that you're building up, and we'll talk about this in a minute. But when your priorities are are off, you're not thinking of these biblical passages anymore,、mm-hmm. and we've allowed society to come in and dictate what we do, as opposed to saying, "Hey, wait a minute, we could build a good biblical theology of grandparenting just by seeing these simple commands to multiple generations that need to be taught." Absolutely. And we're going to look at what happens when that doesn't happen. Yeah.、Um, but I think it's very important to understand the Bible has a lot to say about. Grandparents and the lineage that is passed down through them. Yeah, it's a question of legacy. What kind of legacy do you want? And even more important than that is how faithful can you be to the Lord?、Hmm. You know, and so a godly grandparent will live with eternity in mind, with eternity in view, and so they'll say, "I, I need to, I need to use the remaining years that the Lord has given me to maximize my impact upon." People for the、mm. sake of Christ, and who are the people that are oftentimes those that they have the greatest opportunity to promote the things of the Lord to is to their grandchildren. That's right, because grandchildren typically want to hang out with their grandparents if there's a good relationship.、Mm-hmm. So,、uh, man, you have a built-in discipleship opportunity. Yeah, when you get to spend time with your grandkids. Yeah, no, I think that's great,、uh, and so. Understand what the Bible says. Those, those are just great passages that we need to think through, because、um, what is what essentially what it's doing is getting your mind off of yourself, <laughs> yeah, and, and looking onto to what's in the future. As you said, building a legacy. Yeah, like we we worry about 
monuments built to us, but those monuments will crumble and another monument will be built in this place. But what about the legacy of a godly and faithful family that's going to be Yeah, following? do you remember that illustration that's sometimes used about Jonathan <clears throat> Edwards and his like legacy? 200 and some people, yeah. Yeah, 200 and some descendants that someone studied from the life of of Jonathan Edwards and looked at his kids and their kids. Senators and, and there's pastors. senators, pastors, lawyers, judges. Yep. One vice president, yep. you know, Aaron Burr, I believe. Yep, yep. And it all goes back to Jonathan Edwards. He was a godly, godly man. He poured into his children, his grandchildren. Mm. They poured into their children. And then that study compares another guy who lived at the same time as Jonathan Edwards and didn't do any of this. He was the opposite. And he cost the state of New York $25 million back in whatever, late 1700s. Right. And many of his descendants were in jail and were murderers. And and just you see the, the contrast, the marked mm. contrast between someone who takes the leadership of their family and spiritual things in their family seriously as opposed to someone who's, in that case, obviously wasn't a believer, right. but doesn't care about that. And then the the impact is generational. So it just goes to underscore the critical importance that grandparents play. That's really good. Uh, and so a grandparent must be thinking of their grandchildren. So we know the biblical theology of it, and we've been talking about this, is kind of just underscores it a bit more, is a grandparent must be thinking. And I like Proverbs thirteen twenty two. I like it uh, because a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of a sinner is stored up for righteous. So for the righteous, so a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Now we can talk context of the Old Testament. They're speaking of land, and they're speaking of houses, perhaps, or something like that. Um, and so that's fine because you know you can pass land on or whatever. But really, what the the idea of that proverb is is there's wisdom in looking past yourself, past your kids, and now how can I take care of that next generation? So as a grandparent, living with that. No, uh, that next generation in mind with the, even we could say financial decisions that mm -hmm. you're making today. Which <clears throat> in many ways flies in the face of our culture. Oh, it absolutely does. And uh, what does that bumper sticker say? That sometimes you see I'm spending my grandchildren's inheritance. inheritance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, where our society says, you know, you need to work hard all your life. Right. So that in those golden years, you know, you get to live the good life and you get to relax and you get to kick back and you get to spend your life's earnings and you can mm. enjoy leisure and self-indulgence. And that's the mentality of the world is you, you, you labor for that. That's almost like the, the carrot. Yeah. That our society says you need to work for. And if you can do that, then you've, met the American dream, right. you know, to work till you're whatever, 60 something, retire and live the next 20 years just golfing and golfing and cruises and, and yeah, cruises and everything else. And, mm -hmm. and obviously there's nothing wrong with some of those right. retirement activities, but we're getting at the fact that if that's your mentality, you don't have probably a biblical worldview when it comes to this whole issue. Yeah. I think it's so important because we're certainly not saying to enjoy, not enjoy life, right? Right. Because uh, God's given us all things to freely enjoy. Sure. And so, but the mentality is if that is what your focus is to the neglect of the spiritual uh, readiness of your family, then you're, 
you're living in sin because you're saying my needs, my money, my comfort is more important than doing exactly what the Bible says here, leaving that inheritance to your children's children. Um, and it's not talking about quantity. I think that's important. So it's not, it's not saying you have to give everything to them or, you know, you, you live a life as a pauper to make sure that two generations down. That's not what it's saying at all. Right. But where is your heart in all of this? Are you building that treasure for yourself here or are you looking at that, that kind of legacy down the road? Which is where, where, right where we're at in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus right. says you need to store up treasures in heaven. Is where your heart is there, your treasure will be also. Where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. So yeah, good. Yeah, it's a good plug for Sunday morning sermon. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and then the third one, a grandparent uh, must have the spiritual well-being of their grandchild in mind. So understanding what the Bible says to care for them, keeping them in your mind as you're making decisions. And then thirdly is spiritual well-being. So yes, you can take care of them you know, physically, financially, you can take care of them practically, but Ultimately, what we're talking about is the spiritual well-being. And, you know, 2 Timothy 1.5, mm-hmm. that very famous verse for, I am mindful, Paul says to Timothy, for I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois, your mother, Eunice, and I am sure it is in you as well. And then that continues to go on to talking about the salvation. Mm-hmm. And so we know that that message was passed down from the grandmother to the mother and ultimately to Timothy and then Paul running into Timothy and, you know, taking him under his wing there. Mm. And so I think sometimes we underestimate as I'm not a grandparent, so I'm not saying it in the first person, but as grandparents, I believe that you underestimate the influence that you have just by speaking the simple word. And I would also add here, most likely that they were living a sincere faith, that they could see that. And so Timothy hears the words, which by the way, were the Old Testament that they would have had, right? right? And then also living that same faith out, which then impacted Timothy. So when Paul came, all of a sudden he's saved. Yeah. And what you just said there, I think is something that's important to talk about is character. One of the greatest privileges you have as a grandparent grandparent is being able to model Mm. godliness for your grandchildren. Um, You have the massive privilege of of showing them what it means to age gracefully mm. and age wisely and persevere in the things of the Lord till your latter days. That's right. What a legacy for your children. And, and yet again, what's, what's oftentimes the, the cultural reality or expectation when it, people get old? Well, they just get cranky and they get cynical. Get off my grass. Get off my grass. <laughs> that just happened to us a couple of years ago. We were playing Frisbee in the front yard and get, went in the neighbor's yard and the uh, guy said, no. get off the grass. <laughs> and then it snowed. Uh, yeah, right. So, uh, but yeah, that that's, why why do people say that? Well, because that's sometimes what happens. When right. you get old, you get cranky and you get cynical. Grumpy old men. Grumpy old men. There's a movie. That's right. So this is a challenge to grandparents to be gracious and godly mm. and to model for your grandchildren. What does it mean to be committed to the body of Christ? What does it mean to faithfully read the word of God? What does it mean to, to love Christ with all of your heart? What does it mean to confess sin as an older person? I mean, those are some, those are some life principles and life illustrations that if you have the privilege of showing them to your grandchildren, that will stick with them the rest of their life. Yeah, because implicit in here is exactly what you're saying. 
they would have had to have been practicing those things, which meant that they would have had to have known those things. Yeah. So grandmother Lois, mother Eunice, you can't practice the things you don't know. Of course. So that meant that they they knew their Old Testament well. They were following what was there by faith right. and then passing that same thing down to their to their grandson and son, Timothy. That's right? great. Yeah, and so I think that's really important. Uh, and so then the next one is... Uh, how do you so parents set the example for the for the grandkids to respect the grandparents and um you know i think also in our culture because we have this tendency of pushing aside uh older people um you know you you uh you lose this respect uh you know my dad lives in a in a retirement complex and uh we go there and see him and and uh his neighbors will be like well man i haven't seen my kids and 15 years mm. and you just think like you just kind of send them off to to die somewhere mm. you just want to get rid of them right and so then your kids grow up maybe seeing grandparents on zoom or skype or something maybe showing up once or twice over the few years and then kind of fades off into the distance and so they're not talked about they're not honored which is you know exodus twenty twelve says honor your mother and father and so i, I think what happens is we leave the house and we think there's no longer this honor that needs to take mm. place. Um, the honor will change. I don't honor my dad by cutting his grass anymore at the drop of a hat as I did when I was 13 because <laughs> I was there living. But I still have a mandate to honor my mother and father as long as they're alive. And I would even say after they're dead as mm -hmm. well. Um, and so how are we honoring our mother and father as an example to our, to our kids so that they will love and respect their grandparents? So now you're you're changing gears a little bit mm. here, moving from the grandparents' role to how the parent right. encourages their children to honor their grandparents, which right. are your parents. Yeah. So then you now see this uh, uh, a cohesion between the grandparent and the grandchild. It is yeah. going to start with the parent. How are they presenting the grandparents to the child? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Exactly. One of the ways you can encourage your children to benefit from your parents, their grandparents, is by you having an attitude that honors your parents, their grandparents, and letting them see that you cherish them and you value them. doesn't mean everything is perfect. It right. wasn't perfect. Right. But you still honor them. And uh, so a parent, their attitude toward their parents goes a long way in establishing a foundation hmm. for how those children will view their grandparents. That's right. That's good. Yeah. So if you're complaining about mom and dad all the time to your kids and they're going to have that view of the grandparents, if you only see them as a babysitting, a free babysitter or a source of junk food or whatever those things are, that's how your kids are going to view them too. And yeah. so they're not going to have that strong relationship with them. Yeah, right? that's good. Uh, and so then the last thing we want to talk about is then what happens when grandparents check out? So what happens... You know, grandparents says, hey, I, you know, I put in my, my 45 years at Ford and, you know, I've got a full pension and, you know, you're my, me and grandma or we bought the 52 foot camper and, you know, we're going to, we're going to ray trace the sun all around the country. I've seen this. That's why I'm very specific with my <laughs> example, right? And, uh, and so you're just following the sun from campground to campground and following spring and summer and whatever. And, uh, they check out of the family, you know, maybe call once in a while, send a cactus souvenir or something like that. Uh, what happens to that? What happens when that when that takes place in the family? 
Well, I would go to Psalm 78, where we just were, where it talks about the importance of this. And verses 7 and 8 say that they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, Mm. but keep his commandments. And then verse 8 says, and not be like their fathers, Hmm. a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart and whose spirit was not faithful to God. So the psalmist here, Asaph, links part of the problems in the nation of Israel to the failure of the grandparents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they did check out. That's right. They didn't pass the baton to their children. Those children didn't pass it to their children. The grandparents didn't pass it on to the grandchildren. So what happened was this this passing of the baton stopped and it resulted in a stubborn and rebellious generation and whose spirit was not faithful to God. So right there you have a description, Psalm 78, verse 8, of what happens when the baton gets dropped. Yeah, and you can see that when people say, oh, kids these days. <laughs> I mean, like, whether or not they're getting worse than they ever were, who knows. But the end of the day is we shouldn't be seeing that because grandparents should be saying, here are the areas that I messed up in or here are the areas that you need to grow in or whatever that looks like, but they're not doing that now. Right. Um, and that reminds me of Judges 2.10. All that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord, nor yet the work which he had done mm. for Israel. And so now you have this disconnect. So not only, and that's interesting, right? All the generation arose that did not know mm. the Lord. So you have a generation coming up because of, as you see in the Psalms, they didn't train the kids. The kids didn't get trained by their grandparents. And so now you have this whole generation that was, that came up that didn't know the Lord because nobody told them about it. Yeah. You know, sad. It is sad. And then uh, Psalm 145 for one generation shall laud your works to another and shall declare your mighty deeds. And so my challenge to the grandparents there are, are you actually, you know, going and declaring God's mighty works in your life to your grandkids yeah. so that they can grow up? Can you imagine kids growing up hearing wondrous stories of how God had been working for 60, 70, 80 years in somebody's yeah. life? What kind of impact would that have? Yeah, absolutely. So, let me let's wrap up with three things that maybe a grandparent could do hmm. in ministering to their grandchildren. Number one, they can pray for them. Yeah, and always. they should be praying for them. They have the rich privilege of bringing their grandchildren's spiritual needs before mm. the Lord. Pray for pray for their salvation. You pray for their their uh, their walk with the Lord. You pray for their marriage, future spouse, future spouse, career. I mean, mm. you get the privilege of praying for everything. So mm. I, I would say at a minimum. To be a faithful grandparent, you need to be praying for your grandchildren on a regular basis. And then number two, I would say be present. Hmm. Uh, as much as you can, be present in the life of your kids. You, you can do some on Zoom and some from a distance, but there's nothing like just being together and spending some time together. So, yep. you know, be present with them. And then the third one, and you just alluded to it, is tell them stories of God's grace hmm. in your life. Tell them. Let them see in living color what it was like for you to walk with the Lord and tell them stories of God's goodness and faithfulness mm. and and show them how good God has been to you and and show them ways that the word has ministered to you and give them specific examples through stories of ways you saw the Lord come through and and take you through trials and hardships and mm, that's good. so much of that is 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 going to help young people walk with the Lord themselves so 
Those just three things. Pray, be present, and tell stories of God's grace. No, I think that's wonderful. That's good. That's a good way to end it. Uh, so yeah, if you're a grandparent, uh, we're certainly praying for you and hope uh, hope this is helpful and um, you can minister to your grandkids in such a way that you can see that long-lasting legacy uh, take place. So, uh, so next week, we're going to be discussing uh, various schooling options. What does the Bible say? Uh, and then uh, we'll be wrapping up after that with our Family Matters series. So I hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll see you next week.